Welcome to Dad Up, the podcast show for dads about dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thanks for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is John Sanctinon. John is a former professional basketball player and is now a professional basketball coach, entrepreneur, global speaker, published author, and sought-after basketball scout. He's traveled the world coaching and working with players to help perform at their very best. John has had the opportunity to work with leading brands like the Los Angeles Clippers Scouting, Nike, Adidas, and many more. He is the author of Take Your Shot, Make Your Play, and his newest book, Shooting for Impossible. Make sure you check those out. John has two sons in college, and both of them are on completely different paths with their own goals and dreams. John has had so much respect and admiration for his sons, and you will certainly notice in our conversation. Please welcome John Sanctinon to Dad Up. John, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to our conversation. I know you and I have known each other for a little bit, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear about your dad experience and also about your kind of your background and what you've been up to and what you've done over the years. So um, thank you for joining the show, brother. I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me tell you, I'll, I'll call you Mr. Ward to start out with, and then Brian after that. Right. But uh, <laughs> but uh, listen, it's an honor to be on your podcast and to any listeners that are out there, I'm just uh, grateful that they take the opportunity to listen to anything I have to say. Cool. So for my listeners who don't know who you are, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, um, and then also uh, how many kids you have? Yeah, sure. You know, I was uh, I was adopted in 1965. I got from Mexico to, to Tucson, Arizona. I was raised by two two loving parents, and uh, and from there, you know, they stressed the importance of of an education. So uh, that was stressed to me before any any and all things. And uh, but I was lucky enough to to participate in all kind of athletics, and eventually it led me down a pathway to play basketball. And I had a dream to play college basketball, and uh, and I got that opportunity to move on and continued to do the best that I possibly could in the game and played college basketball. And then I played professional basketball and then, and then led me to, after that, to go to coaching. And now, you know, I've been in eight different countries and, uh, I, I see the world and <laughs> I tried to do my best in the game, in the game of basketball. Now, uh, how many, uh, I mean, you've got what, 20 years of coaching experience, 25 years. Oh. Yeah, I started I started young, you know, so I'm pretty sure I'm past 25 years of coaching. And um yeah, so you know, I've been a high school coach and a coach in the Pac Pac-10 conference form which was, you know, prior to what's called the Pac-12 and uh and then uh a D2 coach and then moved on to then coaching professionally in various countries, uh Mexico, the Middle East, uh most recently Japan. So the game is, the game takes, is it's an international game and it's, I've been lucky enough to follow wherever it, wherever it has led me. Yeah. You're, you're also pretty sought after as a, as not only a coach, but a scout. Um, how did, how did you get into uh, scouting players? One thing is that as a head coach, it's a hot seat. You know, it's a, it's a essentially a one day contract. You know, if you don't if you don't mm-hmm. do well and win, you know, you 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 will and can, could be fired that night. And uh, so, you know, the players that you that you get, uh, you know, they're they're the lifeblood of what you're looking for. Whether that's the college setting of recruiting and takes time and it's cultivating relationships, but in the world of professional basketball, it's got to be 
an immediate impact and it's got to be some somebody that can fill a need. So in this industry, as in every industry, people trust those that are in the same in the same boat. So coaches trust coaches. And uh, I can't tell you how many times people tell me, you know, did that did this guy play for you? You know, have you seen it recently? Right. You know, because that's what they want to know. Is he going to come into this particular market and not get me fired? And that's, mm-hmm. you know, but there are many ways that scouts go about evaluating talent. Uh, for me, it's not always about the numbers. It's the nuances of the thing, you know, because, um, for one, they pretty much are pretty, that talent has already been a check mark. It's the other thing. It's how do they walk into a, how do they walk in? You know, do they walk right. into a building? How do they walk into a practice? Do they shake hands? Do they say hello to everybody that's around them? Do they say yes, sir, no, ma'am? So I pay attention to that because that character is going to take them a long way. And uh, you want some calmness and professionalism, and then you want their character to really be revealed at that point. Segwaying kind of into your dad role, how many kids do you have, John? I have two sons. I have uh, Vicente, who is... 21 years old, and Sebastian is now 18. Oh, wow. Just about like my boys. I got a 21-year-old and my younger Brett who just turned 19 last weekend. So <laughs> There we go. We're sharing the same, the same joy. <laughs> <laughs> well, very cool. Um, what, what, have you, uh, what have you enjoyed most about being a dad? To this day, it's you know, I consider them my, my greatest achievement. You know, I'm a, I'm a proud dad. I had always wanted children and uh and I was lucky and blessed enough to have to have two you know and and while it you know wasn't always uh you know there's the correctional phase of of making sure they do the right thing here and there mm-hmm. um you know they've always been uh respectful and cordial and have listened to me and even as they are at this stage of their life right now where I try not to intrude and uh and let them kind of circle back to me. So right. so yeah. so fantastic uh yeah I'm, I'm beyond words proud. Now are they where do they go to school at? What do, what are they up to? Yeah, so Vicente is uh he is a senior at uh, USC and uh so he's in the acting world. So he's in in the theater and behind the screen and voice uh, part of the special curriculum that was, uh, you know, not, not too, not too old. I believe it's, he was the first year of that. So it's, you know, not, not many students were admitted to do that. And so I was very proud of him and he, he wanted to pursue that as his passion and cool. And we were fortunate enough that that's where he ended up. So it was, you know, that, you know, on his own accord. So that was great. Uh, Sebastian is a totally different guy. You know, this is a this is a kid that's into the into the STEM. You know, he's a, he's a science guy and mathematics, and so he's an in, an engineer at uh, Case Western Reserve University in Cleveland. And uh, yeah, he's they're two totally different types of kids. You know, and uh, yeah, sounds like you it. know, yeah, their personalities are are different, and yet uh, and yet there's some similarities, but you know, it's it's remarkable to watch and see and how they interact, and especially when you're not around, watching them, you know, interact is great. Right. 
Right. Now we know as uh, a dad of, you know, like myself, a dad of two boys, um, sometimes it can be challenging. Um, but what, what challenges have you faced over the years being a dad? Well, there's, there's twofold, you know, there's, um, there's, you know, Vicente is a, is a, a lighter skin, uh, kid. Well, you know, he, he has lighter, he's fair, fair skin. And, uh, Sebastian is darker skin, like, like myself. So one of the, one of the things was, you know, when they were learning how to drive was, was to, was to, you know, basically put them aware as to how, how being stopped over by, if and when, if a, a police officer were to stop him, for example, that yeah. conversation was pretty, pretty hard because Vicente has, has the, the gift of gab. He has the ability to talk and he can, uh, he can use it positively and also negatively. So <laughs> that's something that was like, you know, hold, hold everything in check there. And, uh, whereas Sebastian, it would be like, you know, don't, don't do any sudden movements, let them decide, you know, as soon as they talk to you, they'll understand you're a intelligent young man and you just do what you got to do. And, uh, and then that's that, you know, so yeah. th- that was a tough conversation for me to have, you know, because never, never thought I would have to kind of do that. Uh, but right. I'm still able, still having to, to, to do that sort of protecting, even though they didn't want to hear it, you know, it still is possibility. And I wanted them to know that. Um, so that, that one stands, stands out as something that was a teaching yeah. moment. That's rough. Those, those types of conversations should occur, um, especially, um, with everything that's going on in today's world. Um, it's super important. And I've had the same conversations with my boys. It's just a matter of, Hey, be respectful, answer the questions, yes. um, give them what they want. And um, there's no sense in, in trying to to lie or finagle your way out of anything. If you did something wrong, no. acknowledge it and, and give them the respect they deserve, and uh, it will go smoothly. Um, no and I question. Know that's not, I know that's not always the case, and I know that there's always um, some areas for, uh, for some uh, things to happen, as we've seen, and, and that have gone on yes. in the news. But, uh, no, it's certainly an important conversation, and it can be a challenge, because you don't want to scare them either. Uh, no, you don't want to frighten them. No, I def- you definitely want them to walk, walk proud, and go out into the world and achieve. And yet, uh, there are, there are things that can happen. And I, I think, I think what they realized was, at an early age in life, uh, I had taken them everywhere that I had coached in the world, and mm-hmm. so they were always the new kid in school. We moved quite a bit in this industry as a. As a high school coach, you you could stay in one place for a long time, but as a college coach, you were certainly going to be moving, and and consequently, as a professional coach, you will definitely move. So I always wanted my family to be with me wherever I went in the world, which meant they had to go into the school system of whatever respective country we were in, right. and that's a initially that was a challenge to the that's utmost, a huge challenge. Yeah, initially it was a, a tremendous challenge to uproot them and then to then ask them to go into a new setting, new language, new country, new new mm-hmm. new rules. And and yet we were there to provide them the support, uh, to be there with them and uh 
They relied on each other, which I think is why they have that special bond to this day, because they were they were always the new kid in school, and they also had to have each other's back. You know, they were supporting right. one another constantly, and um, so that I think has led them to this point in their life where they have uh, relationships, and now they can they know different nationalities, different races, why people think the way they think in different parts of the world. And mm-hmm. it it has benefited them galore, you know, because they they are not an Orange County kid who has only lived here their whole life. They have been in other countries and have learned and appreciated other languages and the other cultures that have come along with that. And I think that that is their... You know, as a dad, you don't know what benefit you were having on them early because it was a struggle to say, oh, again, like we went from Mexico and then then back into Turlock and then all of a sudden to the kingdom of Bahrain in the Middle East. And here, oh, my, you know, now we're, we're where, where are we? And and uh, and, you know, when at that time period in the Middle East, was the beginning of of the Arab Spring, and uh, so there were protests and and they were equivalent of what I used to tell people back in the United States. It would look like you know like an Ohio State football game with all the fans on the floor, you know. Right. That's how massive these things were, and it was. And I took my boys with me. I'm like, come on, come on, we're gonna go watch this. And they, what? I was like, it has nothing to do with them. Americans, this is all about their struggle for freedom, and you're gonna you're gonna try to look at and witness this thing, you know, and see what it's like. And um, you know, it was it was it was great. There were some sporadic moments where they had to, you know, their schooling got cut short, you know, because of you know one day of protest. Is it gonna take your kid home? Another day, we don't know what's gonna happen, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But. But uh, again, the net, the sports side of things about being at home was great. They got, you know, we were always together, so that was remarkable. And they were never just like left alone. So it was, it built them up. So getting back to that main point was now, as being 21 and 18, you know, they they have sat in their in their college uh, courses. They have raised their hand and they say, you know, that's not how I remember it. You know, I was there, and uh, they can talk about it, and uh, and they can appreciate it, and they can speak multiple languages. But probably more importantly for me is that they can appreciate multiple cultures because yeah. they they were with those kids and and had fun with them, had dinner with them. And became friends with them, and uh, and that's all I could ever ask for. You know, it was like, hey, form formulate your own opinions. Don't let don't let anybody else tell you how how it's supposed to be. Right. And uh, so that's that's cool. That's probably the best gift I could give because I always wondered as a dad, could I give them something more? And you never know as a dad. You don't know what else you can give a kid. It's not like I wanted to give them cars and things. That, yeah, that would be great, but what could I do that was totally different? That that was it. Something that was never going to be in a book. They saw it 
firsthand and experience things firsthand. And those experiences are what carries them the rest of their life, hopefully. Yeah, those, I mean, those experiences are, um, like you said, carry them for the rest of their life, but this, that, that helped them uh, grow and mature, and uh, they just completely expanded their knowledge on uh, the world, for sure. Sure, even as us as an adults, you know, if, if any of your listeners, you know, ever travel and go outside the boundaries of the United States and go have a vacation somewhere and you come back, you have a greater appreciation of things. You get to, you're, 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 you're expanded. You've right. heard a different language. You've seen different ways that the cultures interact. And you come back with a tremendous appreciation of things. Yeah. And uh, now you, you magnify that tenfold by the by the nurturing of a young kid what would you know my gosh you know they were in foreign schools yeah that's amazing that's awesome good for them yeah now did your did your boys play sports at all so initially yeah they wanted to they wanted to try basketball with me and you know and unfortunately around the world everybody says to 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 a son especially to a son uh hey you're gonna you're gonna do what your dad does that's that's universal in the world, you know. Whatever a dad was, a carpenter, the kid's a carpenter. Right. And uh you know, I, I said it's just unfair to them. You know, um if they want to do it, then fabulous. I support it. But you gotta do it with passion. And uh so I you know, I kinda knew early on, probably around the sixth sixth grade, that that wasn't what their passion was, but I wanted them to find it and then I told them. Whatever you find that is your passion, I will do it. And, uh, you know, and I will be that, that you will then therefore be teaching your dad. And then you will now see, you know, what the opposite would have been like, me teaching you. And uh, so they found that their passion was, was the martial arts, karate, because when they were in one of the schools that was part of their curriculum, can you believe it? Was right. was having martial arts, and then they, they ended cool. up loving it. And then, uh, so I waited till they were halfway through becoming a black belt, and then I lived up to my word. I was an adult who was entering into the world of karate, and <laughs> it was amazing because I felt like a fool at first, you know. I'm right. here. I am. What the hell am I doing? You know, I'm 50 years old. What am I doing? And uh, so I did it, and and because I wanted to them to see, like I'm, you're, I, I do not know what you're saying, you know. How did can you yes. teach me? And sure enough, they did, and I stuck with it. And that's the other thing I wanted them to see is that they became black belts, and uh, so did I. And uh, and I wanted them to see, like, hey, it's so not, it's a lot easier when you're younger to do anything. Right, right. Not so easy later on in life, Uh, but I didn't want them to see any excuses. So, well, that's cool. That's a whole different um, side of experiencing uh, a bond between your you you and your sons. Um, You know, for me, it was more on the coaching side. My boys, you know, just gravitated towards sports, and that's kind of how I got kind of enrolled into the coaching world. But and that's a lot of the cases what happens with a lot of dads. Um sure. for you guys to go in and, and do something that all three of you were, were new to and uh experienced together and then have them uh 
you know, and stuff that you didn't really know, have them kind of coach you. Um, well, that's why I waited. Yeah, that's why I waited for them to get so far ahead of me, uh, years ahead of me, so that that way it, w- it wouldn't be like I was learning the same terminology. And, right. And that way it was totally, they were totally ahead of me. And uh, and when they became black belts, it was, here I am, their dad, bowing to them, you know, <laughs> and uh, and calling them, you know, sensei. And it was odd. You know, and and yet it was a total earned respect level. I'm like, yeah, yeah absolutely, you're going to be called that. You earned it. I am not that rank. And right. no matter what the age is. And but once we left the dojo, yeah, I'm, I'm your dad. But man, it was gave them the authority and the ability to lead. And uh, and uh, that was good. That's great. It's been one of the most special bonds that I've. I've had with them. That's awesome. That's really cool. Um, so, so as a coach, I mean, you've coached for many years, but for dads that are coaches out there, how would you, what advice would you give them on, on how to separate the role of a coach and a dad when they're coaching their own kid? Well, you know, that one is a, that one I think has to be that special relationship with the father and son early. And I think that that conversation piece when they're, when you are going to tell them, like, I'm going to coach you, that they understand or maybe they can begin to understand that I am, that we're in separate roles now. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and it's okay to understand that difference. That, that's a, that's a tough one to come across because you want to have that understanding immediately. Once we get to the gym, this is our role. Once we're out of the gym, then this is back to our role. Right. And it's not so easy, you know, because, again, the winning and the losing, the pressure, the nepotism, you know, people think you're playing your son. And right. uh, and uh, so the added pressure on the kid is you've you got to prove that you're not just worthy, that you're more than worthy of those minutes. And that can be daunting task as well for for both parties because right. I'm sure as a coach you're you're when you have your son you're you you want you want to play them and yet you don't want to be seen as something something that you that they weren't deserving of it and um, yeah it could be daunting it's a daunting task. Yeah. Uh, and and it depends on what age group it is too. You know, I've seen many kids at the sixth grade level that think that's only about winning and losing. Because that's what they see later on. It's only about winning and losing. And and that's not it at all. <laughs> that how do you know? It's sixth grade, it was just about winning and losing. How, who who do you how could you shoot somebody's dream down who wants to first get an idea of what that game is all about? You never know where they're gonna, what it's gonna lead to. Mm-hmm. So the fine line between coaching and especially your, your own, your own son. Wow, tough. Yeah, it's it's a it's a lesson that I had to learn um, very quickly on because I I noticed it in other, you know, especially against other teams or coaches that I was that I was coaching against. I've noticed you know them either favoring their own kid over other players or. Um, having a having a dialogue with their own son uh, or they're as if they're the dad and not the coach when they're on the field or in the court and on the court and um it's 
it is a tough tough line to draw but it's natural said, for you know as dad to, to to have your your own son who understands your voice and maybe your own reasoning and so it's a lot easier that way mm-hmm. but but that son also depending on the stage of where they're playing at can also feel like they're isolated and that their friendships are not not the same because of that father-son relationship as well right it it really is a fine line you know how close do you stay what space do you give them? Uh, you know the the old adage is best best dads in the world are the ones that just are there to support. You know, and it's a it's a tough tough one for many. Yeah. Both my yeah. dads understood it when when they grew up that I was the coach on the court or on the field, but when we got in the car, I was back to dad. And That's they right. That role, you know. <laughs> That's good. Cause I don't. It's uh. There's there's many a story that has gone awry that, that yep. can't can't be separated yep. and um, many documentaries even done about that and you can see the the relationships just deteriorate yep absolutely so if i were to ask your boys tell me something about you what would you hope that they would say about you oh i would hope that they would say that i was that i was always there for them that uh whenever they needed something that they could count on me uh that i gave them experiences that were unique and uh and that i modeled you know a way to to be you know i i can see some i can see that in them when when i i can see that and i think that's the best part cuz for me as a dad uh my success for them was to see them do things on their own and and not have to come back to me for the assistance of it. What mm-hmm. you know, I saw my oldest son come with me to Italy, and as I was coaching there, and then he said he wanted to go to Paris, and uh, and uh, I was like, you put it all together, you know, you're, you're more than welcome to go from, especially from here, and uh, on his own, <laughs> you know, that was. Yeah, that was fantastic. You know, at 18 years old, just to do that on your own, uh, that's, that's, that's all I can ask for. You know, you're not afraid. You you know how to, you know, use, uh, you know how to speak French, and you know how to go see things, and you're, wow. That is what makes me proud, and I think mm. that that's all you can ask for. I think a lot of dads do, you know, like, wow, let's have your son go out there in the world and handle things on their own based upon maybe what they saw that we modeled for them at some point. Yeah. That's great. That's great. He, I mean, you've, you've clearly done a good job. You've got those boys going off on their own and, and, and doing what they're passionate about. Um, so that's awesome. You got to live, you got to walk the walk too, though, man, you know, you can't, you can't say, you know, pursue your passion and then, and then not support their dreams. You know, I I may have talked to many dads about this. Like, when when your when their son was young, what did they say? Uh, you know, I, what do you want to be? You know, and they tell them, and they are so supportive and encouraging. And then when the kid's eighteen, well, how are you gonna make money doing that? Right. You know, how are you gonna do this? You know, it's right. gonna be a sacrifice. And it, now they're they're timid and they're not pursuing their passion anymore. And maybe they are just doing something for money. And now they're 
not a happy they're not happy anymore and and that you can see that a lot and yeah. i said uh I never wanted to be, I'd be a hypocrite if I told them, don't pursue your passion. If my listeners kind of wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more, Boo, um, where can they do that? And then also, what do you have going on right now or this year that you're uh, looking forward to? I know you got a couple books out, or one one out and one on the way, but um, yeah. where can they That's what I'm doing. How can they learn about you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm all over social media, so you can find me by just typing in my last name. It's S-A. I-N-T-I-G-N-O-N. So I'm on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, you name it, I'm on it. And uh, the thing is, is that, like you said, you know, I, I, I wanted to write a book. And initially I had one that was an easy read called Take Your Shot, Make Your Play. And it was based on that theory of pursuing your passion. I wanted the reader to have a simple read of understanding, you know, obstacles are in your way, but keep on pursuing your passion. And that was an example of that. This next one that's coming out is a totally different one. This one's based upon my quest to find my birth parents uh, hmm. without having a name and without having a photo. And uh, and I was born in Mexico, and and I just thought I would take a DNA test, and and then I became fascinated with it. And then I just ended up just deciding just to go. I knew no one in that city. And people come out of the woodwork to help because they all love solving puzzles. And uh, and uh, they find out that your heart is in the right place and why you're trying to do something. And it took years um, and multiple exams. And, and I found that proverbial needle in a haystack. And it wow. was all because of being persistent. And I never thought I would find them. You know, it was really, really an absolute long shot. But that's what it takes. You know, you got to just uh, uncover every stone and talk to as many people as possible. And if, it, if at the very least that I could just discover the process of how I became a, about and where I was from, I was going to be totally satisfied with that. Right. But But it ended up that I... I ended up finding who they were and found my brothers and sisters. It was wow. fantastic, man. And I met well, them congratulations all. Congratulations on that. Yeah. So this book is a totally different kind of book. And it's, it's about the, that, that pursuit and finding and having a miracle happen, you know, cause all because of somebody saying, you know, God, it's absolute long shot. I mean, what are the chances? They're, they were, they were, I, I had no chances, <laughs> I had none, right. <laughs> but it, I just kept on going back and meeting more people and getting more familiar and, and man, one day it just all came through. Um, I took a third type of DNA test and, and on that test was, uh, two ladies who became, who were classified as my first cousin niece, uh, get to talking to them and give them a DNA exam myself and conclusive, unbelievable. That's awesome. But, but the stories are just tremendous, you know, cause I went on a search for them, but it turns out 30 years earlier, they went searching for me and they didn't hmm. know. And they, because, because our mom had told them, Hey, you have another brother born in 1965. 
but that's all I know. <laughs> was amazing to hear that yeah. side, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's that's a awesome. it's a remarkable what? story. Well, cool. Um, well, congratulations on your first book and also this next one coming out. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I appreciate the, our friendship. I know we've known each other for, I think, a couple of years now. But, uh, Absolutely. I appreci- appreciate your friendship and, and all the uh, coaching advice you've given me and, and as well as uh, the other coaches on the staff. Um, you've always been a great asset, so we appreciate it. I really, really appreciate you taking the time, John. I really Listen, do. it's uh, it's always a joy and an honor just to – just to be able to share any, I listen to podcasts all day long, you know, and I gain information and inspiration or some sort of something I can use to become better. And um, I hope that that's maybe what I could do to, to some listeners, you know, provide some other different avenue, something else. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not easy uh, being a dad, it's a lot harder being uh, being a husband, you know, than uh, and then then you couple that with whatever other profession you are in in life. So absolutely, well, awesome. Um, I appreciate it again, John. I thank you very much, brother. Ah, uh, it is like I said, my pleasure, and never hesitate to ask me for anything, bud. Thank you again to John for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, John certainly is a seasoned dad and his bond with his two sons is remarkable. Make sure you check out his website at www.johnsaintanon.com. John certainly represents the Dad Up community very well. Thank you as always for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at dadappodcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.